I'm always proud to say I'm Filipino or half Filipino. It plays a massive part in my life. For me, if I can do anything to help Philippines as a country or, or Philippine rugby or, or anything over there, I'd be desperate to do it. You're listening to the England Rugby Podcast, O2 Inside Line. I am Marcus Smith. I'm Marcus Smith and I play for Harlequins and England Rugby. So I play fly half, which is the number 10 shirt. Basically, uh, I've got a bark orders at the forwards, organise the teams, mainly attack and make good decisions on the ball, whether that's run, kick or pass. And then if you're lucky enough, you get to do the goal kicking as well, which I've always wanted to do as a kid. So growing up, I grew up in Asia, born in Philippines, lived there for seven, eight years, then moved to Singapore when I was eight or nine. I was kind of described as a very bossy, very uh, almost spoke too much as a kid. My mum would always tell me to stop talking too much because I'd lose all my friends. Uh, and, and for me, I think that was true looking back probably spoke way too much. Uh, I've learned a lot uh, from those experiences, but I also am grateful that I have inner confidence in myself that I'm able to talk and, and communicate my ideas because I don't think I'd be um, in this position if I wasn't that um, when I was younger. So I've managed to tone it down a bit. And, and my dad would just probably say, and both of them hopefully would say, um, hardworking and and enjoyed, enjoyed themselves all the time. So always had a smile on his face but more importantly would work hard uh, both at school and in my school studies. I wasn't, I wasn't that bright, but I, I worked hard at it, but more, more so in my sports. So whatever sport it was, rugby, football, cricket, even playing tag in the, in the garden with my brothers, uh, I always wanted to win. So it was very competitive and always uh, tried my best to be better than everyone else. I think the first time I held a rugby ball was in Manila in Philippines. I was watching my dad. Um, he was still playing at the time. Uh, he played for Philippines and we used to spend weekends all the time down at the at the sports club. My mum would take me and my two younger brothers there. Uh, we'd spend hours on end there. And I think it was just watching my dad play together as a family. My mum would, would love being together. That That was the most important thing. But for us, we would watch our dad for a bit and then lob a ball around between me and my brothers. Mainly it was it was rugby, but we played a lot of football and cricket as well. And I think the love for rugby started in Singapore. I was at a brilliant um, rugby club called Centaurs Rugby Club. And the boys that I met there uh, were, were special to me and we still keep in contact today. So I think that's where I kind of found the love for rugby and, and the team spirit around it as well. Uh, Manila is very different to, to London and to England. Manila is a very chaotic place and we were very lucky. We had a, a brilliant standard of living. Mum and dad gave every opportunity to, to me and my two younger brothers. We were able to spend a lot of time outside, mainly due to the weather. Very hot, very humid, uh, around 30 odd degrees. Uh, most days, sun was out, so there was no kind of excuse to, to not be outside. So we'd spend hours outside um, competing against each other. Normally would end up in tears with one of my brothers uh, complaining or, or me complaining or something like that, but we just enjoyed being outside together. For me, my mum has played a massive part in, in where I am today, not just in, in rugby, but in my life. Uh, she's always been hard on me, very um, ambitious, and I think that's rubbed off on me. 
in my life. And, and for me, I've got a lot of cousins who still, some of them live over there, some of them live in America. But whenever we're together, it's, it's very family orientated, very uh, close knit. And it's just a, a, a good vibe to be around. Um, takes your mind off any stresses or worries that you may have in your personal life or in, in my rugby life. So for me, I cherish those moments. And my brother actually, my middle brother Luke, plays for Philippines now. So watching him whenever I can makes me extremely proud. I'm always proud to say I'm Filipino or half Filipino. It plays a massive part in my life and I love going back there whenever I can on holiday, seeing my cousins, seeing my family, as well as seeing all the young kids over there who are starting to enjoy their rugby, enjoy lobbing a ball about out outdoors um, with massive smiles on their face. It's pretty special to see um, because it's uh, still a third world country. However, uh, the smiles and laughter that, that some of the people I see when I go back is pretty special and um, I'll always remember those moments. For me, I, I, whenever I've been back, I've never been recognized or anything. I hope that, to be honest, doesn't happen. But um, for me, if I can do anything to help Philippines as a country or, or Philippine rugby or, or anything over there, I'd, I'd jump at the opportunity. For me, it's a, I hold a special place in my heart uh, being born there. And for me, if I can influence anything over there, I'd, I'd be desperate to do it. Yeah, so I moved to Singapore when I was around eight or nine. I was educating Philippines at a very, very strict Filipino school, so where it was discipline was of the highest order. I think that put me in good stead moving to Singapore, which was much more relaxed in its um, education. I was very lucky. I went to two brilliant schools there, both international schools. For me to um, have that inner discipline from Philippines and bring it over there was was special. Um, but the opportunity over in Singapore was was much greater. Rubbing shoulders with these these sort of people, expat kids who were able to set up a little team over there, uh, Centaurs Rugby Club. And the dads mainly dro uh, drove the uh, tours that we went on. So they were desperate to get out and about um, on, on long bus journeys to, to KL, Kuala Lumpur, and even flights abroad to Australia and stuff to give us, their, their, their sons, um, an opportunity to, to get some exposure against different countries, different styles of rugby, and challenge ourselves against the best players of our age group. And I think we were very lucky that we had not pushy dads, but dads who, who um, wanted us to experience different things, which kind of opens your eyes again and, and gives you different perspectives on, on the way the game is potentially played. And I think the experiences and the bonds we created um, off the, on and off the field live long in the memory. And I'm still very close with all the dads as well as the, um, the players who I played with over there. A lot of them live over here now, still playing good level rugby. So whenever I can, I go and try and watch them and uh, chill out with them really cause, and, and reminisce over the old times. My name is Tim Lambert. 20 years ago, September this year, I set up a rugby club in Singapore called Centaurs, Centaurs Rugby. Marcus joined us in uh, 2006 as a near, nearly six-year-old. Yeah, you know, at Scrum Half, he would have the jinx. He would have the reading of the game. You know, he would, he would know what he was, he was doing and he would know how to to, to work with his his friends and colleagues. I mean, he was um, he was he was leading then, even though he may not have been captain. And I know that's what has been a particular focal point of, of of many of the press and other people and observers saying that Marcus engenders this incredible feeling of spirit of 
a desire to win and to work together as a team, which is rugby through and through. So yeah, at an early age, you could see he was loving what he did and loving working with his teammates. He, he's so respectful of, 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 of people that have been involved in his life, but in, in, a, in a humble way, with humility. And I, I love those traits in somebody. And, I, and, and for that, he's, he, is, he is how people describe him. He's not only a great rugby player, he's also a fabulous chap. I went to a match a while back and I had other members of Centaurs there who brought the Centaurs rugby flag and they were sitting on the far side of the stoop. And he went over and signed the flag. He remembers his roots very well. He remembers, he knows his family very well, his extended family, family in the Philippines, family in England. I'm just very proud that he, you know, he, he recognizes and, and, and makes an effort to, to remember his six years with Centaurs. There are, I'm proud of many of the kids who come through. Marcus is the leading light. So I moved back to England when I was 13, to Brighton College, which was a brilliant school uh, for academics. When I moved back to England, I actually preferred my football. My mum always told me she wanted me to be a footballer, and I, I, was, I was desperate to have that as my dream. And I think Brighton College was predominantly a rugby-playing school. Uh, their fixture list and, and the experiences I had playing rugby was a lot greater than it was football. So I think once I was there, it made the decision very easy. Um, Harlequins, again, who look after Sussex, um, got in contact when I was 14, 15 and gave me some good feedback to work on. And, and I think at 15 or 16, I got invited to the Junior Academy. And I think from then on, when I was able to go up to Guildford and, and train on a Monday night, Thursday night, and in the summer we would train Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. It was almost like a professional setup when we, when we were at school. And my dad used to drive me sometimes earlier to, to watch the first team train as well. So to see some of my idols, um, who I'm very lucky to play with today, like uh, Joe Marler, uh, Danny Kerr, Mike Brown, Chris Robshaw, some of these guys I used to watch growing up. And to see them training before my sessions, I think got, got me going and got me very excited. And um, I just enjoyed the, the professional element of it from a young age, how they looked after you in the gym, how they looked after you with the physio. It was much more advanced than anything I've ever seen before. And I think I enjoyed that element of it and I enjoyed being, look, being looked after. When I first moved back to England, I, I preferred my football. I had a trial at Tottenham when I was 13 or 14, and I, I still remember this. Um, my mum was in, Austra in in America seeing her family in LA, and, and she was desperate for me to get selected and stuff. And uh, I remember training, and just the, the level of the, the lads around me was, was pretty special. I always believed in myself and always backed myself, but sadly it wasn't to be, and, and, and the ruthless nature of it got to me. And I remember driving home, not being selected. We were told there and then in the day and, and I was crying down the phone to my mum. Uh, she was in America, so I was crying the whole journey back home. I think it was like two hours back to Brighton. But for me, I think that taught me a few things. I wouldn't say I gave up. I think rugby, as I said, at Bryan College was, was a lot bigger and, and better. Um, so that's kind of the path that it took me down. However, it taught me a lot of resilience. It taught me um, to toughen up uh, and sort of wake up to the, to the reality of it. And, I did a little bit of football. I still love my football today. I go to as many Brighton games as I can. And yeah, potentially if I, if I committed to it, who knows? But I'm very lucky in the position I am today. So yeah, I guess it was, it was meant to be. Post those trials, due to the level of rugby at Brighton College and the coach I had, Nick Boy at the time, my focus was very much on rugby. 
We were playing games every Wednesday, Saturdays, um, traveling up to Sedba in Cumbria and, and stuff like this. So we're playing against the best players in England at that age group. And Nick Boy at the time, um, and still does, he looks after me. He always gives me his opinion still today. I'm able to be honest, even from a young age, he would believe in me and allow me to run warm-ups and almost come up with a game plan from a, from a very young age, which was good experience probably because I was a bit bossy back then. My name is Chris Hartley. I live in Manila, Philippines. I've been here for 26 years. Uh, when I was younger, uh, about 20 years ago, I used to play a lot of rugby. I played with my good friend, Jeremy Smith, uh, who is uh, Marcus's father. When I first met Marcus, uh, he was about, I guess, five or six years old. So every Saturday, uh, we used to have a uh, rugby uh, in the sports club. So all the rugby players used to come down. And before we played rugby, we had a game of touch uh, to warm up. So Jeremy uh, brought down his family, including uh, Marcus and, uh, and Luke at the time. And so uh, the kids used to have a run around with us playing touch uh, before we have a game of rugby, right? I have uh, pretty fond memories of uh, looking at this uh, small kid. He was pretty small for his age. He was uh, about five years old, but uh, when he got onto the pitch, uh, I don't know, he just had a lot of determination about him, I noticed that. He'd play with the kids first in the kids' game, and then he'd want to play with the adults as well when we were having a, having a run, so we'd put him on the wing. He was good catching the ball. He liked to run around a lot. He was really determined as well, right? You give him the ball and he'd start running, and he had this, wouldn't call it a step, but it was more of a weave. He used to uh, re weave around all the players and uh, it was quite fun to watch. He was always had this determined look on his face that uh, he was going to, I don't know, he was going to score that try or was going to get around the opposition. To tell you the truth, I don't keep in contact with Marcus, but uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of his from afar. So I tried to watch all his games, particularly when he's playing for England. I watch, uh, I'm a keen rugby fan. Just astounding to watch and uh, just feel really proud to, you know, have uh, been a small part of, uh, of his initial start in his, uh, in his rugby life, right, when he was only uh, five or six. When I try and beat players, I don't really um, know what I'm thinking of. I just see, see an opportunity and I believe in myself and I back myself. Sometimes I get it very wrong and get caught running it back when I sh probably should kick it. So I've had to work on that side a lot, um, controlling myself and uh, finding the right times to attack. And, and and which defenders to, to pick on and stuff. I've always, in my mind, gonna have a positive intent to to beat people and have a go and and um, try and influence a team to do that because I think it's um, it's exciting, it's it's fun to be a part of, and you, you score some nice tries. Ball to Marcus Smith. Oh, Smith can go here. He's got the pace to finish. It's Marcus Smith. It's Corin Benny, but he can't do anything about it. Smith is in. Marcus, you try and look at things that people don't don't see, not just the obvious. He can break open defences himself, but he's his appetite for learning. That's that's probably the most impressive thing about, about Marcus. Constantly want to get better, constantly want to chat about how, how you do that as well. I'm Owen Farrell. Uh, I'm a fly-half centre and I play for Saracens in England. Off the field, he's very, very polite. If you came into the room and, and he was sat on the only chair, he'd try, and, he'd try and offer you his chair. He's a very nice lad, but he's obviously he's obviously very competitive at the, at the same time. So he's got a, he's got a nice balance. My name is Billy Vunipola. I play for Saracens and England. 
Marcus is a fairly new teammate for myself. I've been hugely impressed with how, like, his confidence in terms of how he talks to the team has grown since I've met him. He's very hardworking and he's diligent with his work. And that's something that people don't see, which impresses me and his forward pack because you listen to people that, you know, are willing to put in the hard work. And then off the pitch, he's, he's top boy. He's got great bands, to be fair, and he's very kind. Young shoulders, broad shoulders. And England's future, Marcus Smith, puts Eddie Jones' side ahead. I would say the number one role model for me is, is Johnny Wilkinson. Obviously, that 2003 moment was was pretty special, and it's still um, the thing that everyone remembers—not just rugby fans, but sports fans across the world. And I think the way he he seemed on the field, so calm, um, aggressive in the tackle, brilliant kicker, pulled out some some brilliant things um, for his team. But more so, he was just composed in, in big pressure moments. He never looked phased. It was quite impressive to, to watch and I'm very lucky I'm, I'm able to kick with him today and, and some of the lessons I've learned from him, not just about kicking, but about controlling my mental state. Uh, the main thing I've learned off Johnny has been to regulate my emotions. So you're never as good as you think you are or, or, or you're told you are. You're never as good as that, but you're also never as bad as the worst of you. So being able to stay level and neutral through through the season, which is a very long season. Uh, it's impossible to play a 10 out of 10 every week, but I think if you stay level and neutral, which is what he's trying to teach me how to do, you're able to see positives and negatives and everything, um, not get too worried about the downs and get excited about what you're going to go after to, to get your performances back up to where, where, where you want them to be. And secondly, it's just about breathing. So in pressure moments, how to regulate my breath to allow me to think clearly for him to to share with me some of his tactics and and ideas around it um, and allows me to, to do it to practice it in training as well as practice it in games uh, is pretty special and um, I'm very lucky to be able to chat to him and call him when I'm down and um, reinforce when when he thinks I'm I'm doing okay I would say over the last couple of years there's been a much greater expectation on me both at, at Quinns and, and here as well. I'm not I'm not the young one anymore, so uh, you don't get that that excuse given to you anymore. And for me, I, I see it as a privilege. Um, I'm in a privileged position to to wear the shirt whenever I'm given the opportunity. And for me, I just want to firstly do my best in the shirt. So try my hardest and do as much preparation in the week as possible, so that come the weekend I can express myself and be myself and smile. And obviously, there's always there's always expectation um, when you play for England. There's it's a massive rugby nation. Uh, Twickenham sells out all the time. All those fans are desperate for England to win. So ultimately, if you don't deliver a win, they leave the stadium extremely unhappy. And I definitely feel that as as a player, I feel a responsibility to do my best to help the team win. And I know all the boys who who again are given the opportunity to to wear the white shirt, Twickenham. We never want to let the fans down. We always want to win. There's always that um, pressure and, and expectation. But if you said to me when I was young, you'll be playing for England, I would have said I would, I'll take whatever, whatever comes with it. So yeah, there is expectation, but you've got to love it. And uh, we're in a very privileged position to be able to, to take the field and, and play for England and, and Harlequins for me. 
There's a lot of people watching you and, and watching every step that you make. It's never on my forefront of my mind to, to be a celebrity. I, I like being quiet and, and chilling with my family and, and stuff like that. But I think it's part and parcel of, of the job. It's part of the responsibility you have uh, playing for England and playing for, for Quinns is to inspire um, the next generation of people coming through, uh, make people happy at home when times are tough potentially for them and put a smile on their face um, when they need it the most. And I guess for me, that's the responsibility I feel. And anything that comes off the back of that uh, celebrity and or wherever it is, is obviously nice and, the, and there's some perks to it, but ultimately you've got to deliver good performances. Um, otherwise you're, you're quickly forgotten. So um, for me, that's that secondary uh, being a celebrity and all that stuff. For me, it's about improving as a player and doing what's right on and off the field to make people happy as well as inspire youngsters across this country and, and hopefully the world to play rugby and, and get behind it. My teammates always get into me with anything. If ever I get given a single room, they always get into me. Anything I do really. But I see it as a, it's coming from a good place. I'd be worried if they weren't. And I've learned over the years to be able to take it. And I see it as as long as it, it's able to be reciprocated both ways, then it's then it's all good. But we never really talk about things like being compared and, and stuff like that. It's more just if I get certain certain things and they don't get them, for example, for some reason or another, or I get a new new pair of boots, they'll always fly into me about where's my boots and stuff like this. But ultimately their boots probably arriving next week so it's the same thing i'd be very worried if if they weren't because um, i think it, it always comes from a good place and it's always just trying to make conversation um, which especially in england camp uh, where you don't get to see each other very often it's massively important that relationships peace to ensure we're all on the same page and uh, driving to the same thing <laughs> Uh, so my close family are massively important to me. Um, my dad is very organised as, as a bloke. I'm very disorganised, so he helps me with everything on and off the field, bills and, and all the all the adult stuff that I'm still learning. My mum is very ambitious. So she'll she'll always um, challenge me. We have a lot of debates on the phone, in person as well, around am I working hard enough? Am I doing this, doing that? And... Sometimes I get frustrated, but I've learned to understand it's from a it's from a good place in her heart, and ultimately she just wants me to to be better as a player as well as 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 a as a bloke. And then my brothers, anything I do, they'll critique it. Anything I'll do well, they'll they'll never say anything. Uh, they'll probably get into me as well. So yeah, to have to have that dynamic, uh, two younger brothers who are so close in age to me, doing really well, a lot better than me in in, in what they're doing. Is, is pretty special and, and um, to have that bond where they're able to treat me like a normal 23-year-old is 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 brilliant for, for my rugby career as well as um, for me as a, as a young man. Yeah, so whenever I can, uh, I'll always get my family to socials and I've been lucky to win the premiership once and I remember that night uh, till the day I die, but all of them were there they were just happy to to be there and and to celebrate that moment with them. Uh, to celebrate that moment with my girlfriend as well is special, as well as the teammates. I've got some brilliant mates at Harlequins who uh, I've known since I was 13, 14, 15. And to be able to play with them in, in, in big finals 
and and win that trophy, which I was desperate to win, was special. And it's given us the fuel to want to do it again and, and the belief, more importantly, to, that we can do it, which is huge. Um, so yeah, I like I like celebrating with, with everyone who's close to my heart. So my family, uh, my girlfriend and my close mates who I've come through the academy with and, and who I've spent a lot of long bus journeys with through the season. Um, if it can ever culminate in a in a winning party, it, um, it's pretty special and it's pretty memorable as well. Mm-hmm.